Welcome to the Dungeon House, where a bunch of regular people with regular jobs gather to play Dungeons and Dragons. We aren't professionals, so if you hear food ASMR or a baby in the back, just understand it's normal. This show is recommended for those 13 and up. The music you'll hear is brought to you by William Heaton and various other artists. We're glad that you're here to share in the fun and laughter, as well as the challenges along the way. So come on into our home, take a seat on the couch, and enjoy The Dungeon House. Have been blown away. Like, everything that they've changed in it has been such good, like, quality of life things for, like, gameplay-wise. As well as, like, everything else that they've had in that's new has been so fun thus far. I haven't found anything that I'm like... Uh, the only thing I wish is I wish in the quick select thing, you know, like how you can like hit up and you can just see all the items that you have already. I wish that was, I wish that you could just hit from there, hit a button and say, hold, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that would make sense. That way I don't have have to, like, if I'm trying to hold like something to just drop or to cook something, I don't want to have to go into the menu every single time if I can have the quick like thing already i've still yet i've still never played a legend of zelda game maybe that's really bad of me what how dare you what welcome back joy i'm i'm using my phone for the moment because my computer needed a force restart so oh man i've I've never played and and the other game that I had never played up until about like three days ago was Skyrim. Like that, 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 Zelda, any Zelda game, there's a history, a legacy. My first Legend of Zelda game that I played was Breath of the Wild. So what? Mine was Twilight. Where were you guys? No. Ocarina of Time, Twilight Princess. Wind Waker. I didn't have one so forth. I've played all of those and beaten them. <laughs> what? I played my first game that I played and beat was Twilight Princess, and the first one I touched was Spirit Tracks, but that one was I I didn't like it. But I finished it, and then the trilogy began of Skyward Sword and Wind Waker and Ocarina, Jorah's Mask, and I tried the Triforce. Blue, red, and green links didn't like it, but that was a multiplayer game. Four Swords? Yeah, four, well, not Four Swords, the other one, the Triforces, whatever. Didn't like it, because it was a multiplayer. But, yeah, very into Legend of Zelda. Um, Love it. Joy, I have a question for you. Yes. You've recently changed your user profile picture. Yes. yes. It looks like you're a pirate. That's what Faith was saying. Are, are you a pirate? Unfortunately, I am not. Evermore, I am actually a fairy. Oh! Whoa! That's really That's fun. Like, so you get to, yeah. Pinky. You get to practice Pinky's voice all the time. Actually, they have encouraged me not to change my voice. Um, except for to do the accent, just because if I'm doing it all the time, you know, six hours a night every other weekend, right? That's sure to hurt my voice, so. Anyways, 
That's really fun. And you said this weekend was your first is your first go round, right? Yes. So this Saturday. So Friday they have some special events because Evermore is not only like a park, it's also like a venue. And so every once in a while, someone will rent it out and they'll do something. So this Friday and the next Friday, um, someone has it rented out. So I will be doing this Saturday and next Saturday. And then the other cast will do it for two weeks. And then they'll start our regular back and forth rotations. That's super fun. Yeah, it's super fun. It's super cool because um, Tasha and my dad are both coming to see me in park this Saturday. Oh, so, that's yeah. That's really fun. That just happened to be up in Salt Lake and Salt Lake Provo. And so, you know, he decided to come see me on my first day. Oh, super fun. That is so fun. Well, I think what we're Higher going to do Yeah. We don't have a lot of us here today, which is okay. Um, David is missing in action we don't know where he's at but he should be jumping on i talked with him earlier today he should be jumping on um okay so he's not dead that was my biggest fear <laughs> yeah i was getting a little I, think so. I mean it was like two hours ago so hopefully not yeah, a lot of things um, can happen in two hours can do a lot of things in two hours um but other than that I know Brandon, he got hitched last weekend, so he's married. Where are they going again? You, do you know? I do. They are taking a cruise to the Bahamas. That's fun. Ooh. Yeah, super fun. Um, and Tori is not quite at home yet. Hopefully, if she can, she'll be jumping in later on she's a wild card my wife just she's she's has her own destiny to follow i can't control her yeah. does she, does she like have the, the kid come and go yeah she's she's got the kid so, okay they're so, they're at her she's at her uh, parents house i didn't get any dinner so there are many things should. that could go wrong so um and faith just walks away to do a call with her mom letting her know that uh she's got some more job opportunities today which is exciting um i got dental work done yesterday so my mouth hurts that's fun Ouch. and uh it's gonna be it we're gonna have we're still playing dnd and that's what matters you know we may not be having everyone here it's okay we're uh, we're still we're still doing this thing um i asked McKay, before we start, if he'd be willing to do the in, the uh, recap from last week. Um, so if you'd like to start that, I think we're ready to go. Uh, yeah. So, last time, um, we kind of had a, a sporadic uh, episode. Um, a lot of people, we got, like, we got a little more in-depth of, like, how they gained their feet over the the three-month uh, training period. Um, we learned that um, Pinky had, was researching uh, missing children. So that was kind of interesting. 
Um, that's pretty much it. I mean, at the, at the beginning of the week, uh, Baron grabbed Pinky and Adelaide and headed out to find his sister. So that was fun. And they met. And then we left on a cliffhanger of them possibly getting caught. We don't know. So I don't know what else. I know I know uh, Moss and Adelaide got some cool combat skills. So mm-hmm. um, I think he can act. Alaya <laughs> has the ability to. She knows more languages as well as make a decision. Uh, um, trying to think if there's anything else that really was stand outy. Um, you were denied leaving by the lady that's in charge, Coletho. Um, but yeah. kind of her right hand man let you out, and so kind of the challenge is if you guys can get back before training starts the next morning, and that's kind of where we left off. But today we're going to start in a little bit of a different situation. So. Yeah. Wait, what? While those guys were going off and doing their thing, a couple of the other people stayed behind, um, namely Opal, Moss, Aliyah, and um, I want to give you all the chance as Opal, you walk past, you see your friends kind of heading off, and we've talked about that. Yeah. You did all the hand signals, mm-hmm. and you went back to the room. Uh, when you got to the room, you could tell that it looked like Alaya and Ren were already pretty tired, and so they'd kind of already settled down for bed. Um, Moss is there as well. Like, Would you guys like to... Anyways, this is what you see when you walk in. I had a funny thought, but I won't ask it. Oh, yeah. What is your funny thought? You got to tell us now. Is, uh, what you wearing, Moss? <laughs> As you walk in, Moss begins to disrobe his clothes. <laughs> you watch as he begins to take off his sackcloth as this, like, white, scraggly, old, leathery body, body reveals to you. It was a joke that didn't happen. It was a lie. He takes off a sackcloth to reveal another sackcloth underneath. <laughs> no, Moss is still chilling in his sackcloth and his robe of many patches. Mm-hmm. I think at this point, Moss would probably look over at Opal and be like, so, you know where they're off to? Uh, no idea, honestly. But I threw some signs and they seem to sign back. Um, right. That's like, about it. Sign language? Oh, like complete jokester, not actual. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know what they're getting themselves into. Yeah, should probably provide some support, but I don't know. I just, I didn't want to come across as, oh, I'm the paladin, I shall lead the way to righteousness, or blah, blah, blah. And yeah, I think that's been pretty made clear with everybody. If that makes sense, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. So you're saying you're not the paladin that leads to righteousness? 
Um, I was more implying I'm not the stereotypical uptight, um, stick up your butt type of one, but I am a good paladin. I'll give myself some slack. Oh, an insight check? What the? <laughs> Eleven. She seems like a good paladin. I dig. All right. All right. I'm, I'm, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think Moss was going to ask. It's like, well, then, what makes you so different than the rest of the paladins that roam the land? And Chase, just question for you. Yeah. Like, I'm assuming a paladin is like maybe not a common person, but most people would know that a paladin is like a religious person that walks around, right? Yeah. And what really sets paladins apart from other clergymen mm-hmm. is usually their devotion to an oath or a cause, where like. A lot of people have like this devotion and like this oath towards a god. Some paladins don't even necessarily have this um, pact with a god necessarily. It's mostly to like an ideal in a sense. So a paladin is someone who draws magical power um, through making and keeping such a strong oath. Uh, basically, someone who's willing, like, commit everything on something, and that's what they do. And so that's why they kind of have that, in some ways, uh, the reputation of kind of having a stick up their butt is usually. I couldn't think of a better saying. Oh, I think that's like, you got it, you know, the nail on the head. Um, okay. um, because they usually have a really strict set of moral codes that they're basically are giving them the power to do what they do. Um, though, like you said, paladins aren't necessarily the most common people. Um, they're not also unheard of. Like, usually, most churches have paladins who are devoted to their gods, as well as maybe some, even some, like, kingdoms, like, for the crown, have paladins that are devoted to serving their, um, their rulers, or other such things kind of similar. All right, that makes sense. I think, um, <clears throat> yeah, with that note, like, Moss would be like, so, then what really sets you apart from the rest of the paladins with a quirk up? <laughs> Anyways, yes. Uh, uh, yeah, moving on. Um, well, I, um, I grew up around paladins all my life, and so I could kind of see when the letter of the law was taken kind of to the extremes unnecessarily and then when the spirit of the law kind of was abused and people didn't actually take seriously their oaths so i would say kind of a blend of the two at least trying my best to as i honor my oaths to the best that i am able while still pursuing my own you know, what's the right word? While still pursuing things that will help me along my journey. So if that makes sense. But yeah. It's a a tricky situation because it seems like, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm I'm not not too religious or understand much about your your people, but it seems like you have like your ideals that you want to pursue, but your your oath, the thing that... um, 
things you all pal and talk about all the time seem to be contradicting themselves? Is that, is that what's going on? Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Um, I would say in a less, like, more of a diluted type of way of, I still agree with my oaths, I still follow it, and I still believe in it. It's just sometimes difficult, as maybe there's times that contradict where I may feel to do something else, but may not exactly follow the letter of the law or whatever, so I do something a little different. That's that's why I'm here. So I'm still fulfilling a righteous cause, but I'm not necessarily staying strictly in that guild, if that makes sense. I've said that three times now. I've counted because I don't want to be repetitive. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, that making sense. I, I, I'd be sort of curious about what the where this contradiction comes from, but I I, I can understand if that's a personal matter. I don't want to pry too hard. Yeah, no, honestly, I appreciate you asking because sometimes it is difficult to process as the best way to process may not always to keep it inside your mind. So maybe when I'm, again, ready to share more of what's kind of difficult about my situation, I'll let you know. But on a lighter note, I am um, grateful to be here. I'm super excited. And I feel like we have a good party, and we're going to do great things. So, aside from my own troubles, like, doing pretty good. Um, just so you know, Aliya, you've been kind of, in some ways, partially listening, partially not listening to this conversation, as this is happening back in the bunk rooms. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I think Aliya would just be... Um, and they're practicing uh, her the language she knows, just like writing. So, oh, she would be done. Mm -hmm. um, you'd also all kind of see Ren over in just the kind of corner. Um, he has two ropes that he's kind of taken from one of his uh, uh, nets, and he's just have kind of a little bit mindlessly just tying them together. Um, after he, uh... He's practicing his knots after he tied the knot. I just you get that. Um, uh, after he just kind of took some time to write in his journal like he's been doing, um, not necessarily making a lot of conversation. Sure. Yeah. I think at this point, Moss... Moss doesn't really have anything much to say except maybe to start cleaning his toes for the night. As you go to clean your toes, you find that they're all gone. I'm joking. No. Wait, what? <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Um, your toes are still intact, though they are seemingly a little bit more crusty than usual. Can I make a sniff check? Oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, make a, either an investigation or a perception check. Depends on how you're sniffing them. Are you doing a long and hard, or are you just doing, like, a quick... Moss would be, like... Just a okay. quick, like... Eh, 12. 12? Um... Smells about the same, but... You never know, really, with toes. Like, it, it can go either way. Alright, so, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Moss is done. Yeah. Um... As you guys kind of go out... Like, kind of settle down throughout the night... 
not much is necessarily going on, but um, mm -hmm. does anyone necessarily kind of stay up late as time goes on? You have something going on? Yeah. Okay. What would you like to do? Um, I would just head back to my bed and meditate, but with a specific purpose. What's the purpose? Dun, dun, dun. Secret, secret. Did you take notes, babe? No. Oh. Wouldn't would I ever? <laughs> so I was like, what? <laughs> I just saw you checking your phone. I was like, man, did she write this down? I was impressed. Um, Aliyah would probably have gone to sleep, but all of the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, all of the seven languages she knows would be like she would have like a notebook for each one and she'd be practicing each like writing like writing it all and then those would all kind of be out kind of like on a nightstand mm -hmm. would you yeah. say that Aliyah is someone who talks in their sleep maybe I don't know I've never thought about it we could do it that way for fun yeah yeah I'd say like during Especially like during this time as you're learning these new languages, as you guys are all kind of lying down, Elias kind of falling briskly, like pretty quickly to sleep. You hear her rambling in what seemingly sounds like a couple different tongues, though some of it makes sense, some of it's just gibberish. Um, if you do know the languages, if you don't know the language, it's all gibberish. But, um, Faith, you have something you want to do. Meditating. Meditating. Okay. Group messages. Okay. Yes. I would like you to do a religion check, Faith. Must said something. I'll wait till after. I'll wait till after you're done being religious. I'll take the first one because it was the first roll, so it does apply. Yes. Seven. No. Uh. 19. 19. That's really good. Okay. As you feel like you're starting to accept yourself a little bit more, especially... These guys are doing better. They are doing better. Faith got new dice, by the way, for whoever wasn't there. Okay. Uh, I should show them off to the camera. Ooh, I like those. Fancy schmancy. Okay. But... Other dice have been fired and also don't know where they are. <laughs> don't know where they are. Religion, I don't know where they are. <laughs> Cracks knuckles. I didn't know where they were. Anyways, so fake or opal. As after having this conversation with Moss, it has helped you kind of realize you can accept a little bit more about yourself and you are happy with who you have, who you are becoming, knowing that you do have a challenge of trying to walk a line that not very many people can, mm -hmm. but you feel like as of right now, it, it's been possible for you with not being diluted from your role, but also not feeling like you are losing like you're not losing who you are 
but you're also not losing what you're supposed to be. And as you're reflecting on that, you blink and you're just staring at the top bunk and you blink, you blink again and everything changes. As you're looking around, you catch yourself kind of almost in that same time period that you had been when you first kind of had that vision a couple weeks back when you were during your first trial to see if you could join the vigils. You see, it feels like in the distance, you almost or you could see that tower, but you're very, very far away, many miles. If it's almost like you can tell it's there, even though you can't see it. And as you look around, you notice behind you, from where you're standing, you're looking towards the top of a hill. And on this hill is an immaculate city. Though it's not quite as immaculate as you first notice. Even though the pillars and the architecture are beautiful, this city has recently been attacked and you can see smoke. And as your mind kind of focuses into this place, you notice things, the marks of battle, pyres or piled bodies ready for burning. In your heart, almost seems to break and you look to your side and you see someone not far off maybe 20 feet standing over what looked to be a couple of fallen um, individuals some of them were almost ebony black armor, some of them wearing armor very similar to what you saw down in those caverns, but with the marks of the moon, the marks of the Triquetra still on them. You see one figure standing, almost kneeling over them. As you focus in, you can tell that they're checking for pulses as they go from body to body. Would you like to do? Hmm. do person standing over what was their armor? It looks to be a similar design of the Triquetra. Very much more rudimentary than yours. It looks like this armor has been fashioned eons ago. It looks like it once may have been pristine, but through countless battles have been torn apart, different pieces added to it, in a hopes to keep it in some semblance of a fashion of protection. Thank you. I'll approach that As you approach, not turning towards you, you hear them say, <clears throat> Thank you.
we seem to have lost more after this raid than uh, usual. What was our loss last time? What do you mean? You you were there. I, I understand. As you, you turn around and you see that in front of you is a small, almost looks like a 15-year-old boy in this kind of scrap together armor. He's faced way too young to be in a situation like he is in. He looks at you in confusion. What do you mean? How many did we lose last time? I understand I was there. I just... I want to ensure that we had everyone accounted for, and I appreciate you doing that now. You're welcome, and his eyes kind of almost seem to be half glazed over. Is this really the the end of it all? Well, you hear what the the other groups say that this world war will last until the eternities and. No one will be fast by it. I'm worried. People will hold their arms and get her like the whole chin up and a small like exhausted grin, like the point where you are kind of doing the exhausted laughter where you're just so done, but still trying your best to just push through it all. And Opal will say, I know that's what's being said. And there are certain things that we can do. Maybe only small certain things, but we can ensure an end to this war sure there'll be others, but let's focus on the now, as this will come to an end. There may be some down the road, but that won't concern us right now, as we've lost many, we've suffered many things. The biggest goal that we can focus on is conquering the day and focusing on defeating this foe, rather than the entirety. You know so surely, sure. surely that this war will finally end. You know that the sun will rise again when God stand against God. How can you be of surety that anything will be made right again? before this, right? 
not in my life. I understand it's hard to comprehend, especially with what's occurred right now. But I can promise you, with all of that I am and every fiber of my being, there will be a brighter day to come, even if that's not in your life. Your austerity, anything that you leave in the future will have a brighter day even though right now things are extremely dark. You hold on to that faith for me. Can you promise me if you have a chance to stop all of this, you will? And it's at that moment that the this little this young man not necessarily a little bit too old for the years that he actually has lived um, mostly due to the things that he's seen almost freezes in time and you kind of stop there and you notice a figure has almost like walks up beside you and you look over and you see yourself. This version of you has amber eyes, that purple amber color. She'll look at you and say, this was one of the many reasons why I chose. And and a second later, you blink, and it's gone again. You're sitting back on your mat. You're laying down. You breathe in sharply, Cav, realizing how what just happened. This has probably been one of the most prolific things that you've had. And you... Look around, no one seems to have noticed you have slipped into whatever vision, whatever you saw. And you sit there and just kind of ponder what you've seen. I think Opal was tears running down her face and just Um, Opal would have tears running down her face and um, I think with her meditation state she would have been setting up to stay awake um, I think she would punch over and just cover her face and try to pretend like she's exhausted but she is but internally she's just taking feeling so much guilt and self-loathing for being there and being very at war with herself as I think she repeatedly questioned in her mind, what do I do? Who can I be? 
，我爱你。With that, we are going to switch where we are at. And、uh, <clears throat> Chase, real fast, could we、oh, turn、yeah. the music down just a hair? Of course. Need to have a little loud. You can also turn it down on your own side. Yeah, Chase, don't change it on yours. Have Kyle turn it down on his. Or I'm just thinking for the recording itself. It's it's, it's not already on the recording. recording. Oh, well, all right. So that's why we will have you turn it down on your side. Okay, then I will do that. It, and it's still sounding good. It sounded good on the recording. So we're going to jump over now. To Adelaide, Baron, and Pinky, who Baron, who is still standing on the roof by his sister,、um, talking through the window, and Pinky and Adelaide down on the ground. One of these mechanical beings has just stepped up to around my kind of corner and has been calling "Halt! Halt! Halt!" What do you do? Oh, no need to. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> It will say <clears throat> under code nine four seven C dash three is <clears throat> against rule book code to be working on a roof during the time between. 8 p.m. and 5 a.m. I need to ask you to get down, and I need to see your credentials.、Uh, I was I wasn't、uh, I wasn't working. I was just delivering this package to my my sister, and I'll reach into my bag and pull out a little book, and I will.、Uh, but this is for you. And I'll toss it to her, and then I'll. Jump down, and then you'll see the the this giant, not giant, it's large、um, construct. Kind of say under code five seven dash three zero is improper to be delivering between the times of seven p.m. and six a.m. I need to see your credentials. Yeah, I under I understand that. I've just been really busy over in.、Um, uh, oh man, Mansgrove, right?、Uh, and、uh, I just haven't had time during the during the day to come out. So I, I know it's against the rules, but I I want to come out now. I'm coming. Um, are you coming down? Is that yeah? I'll、saying? come down. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like you to make a charisma check with like how you're handling this situation. Pinky was saying.、Something. What did Pinky say?、Yes. Pinky is automatically just going to try and hide. She's going to try and fade. I don't know. Out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, I'd like you to do a stealth check. Okay. Nat twenty. Nice. Nat twenty for your、uh, persuasion. Wow. Nat. Twenty, but I do have a minus two、uh, persuasion. I have a minus two, but it's still a natural twenty. Let that be known. Um, 
I rolled for the perception for Pinky. What did you get? 22. You rolled a natural 20. Wow! Um, oh no. Oh no. Here's the thing, though. He doesn't have any bonuses to his wisdom. So I really need to know something very particular. How he's about he's like walked up. How far away are you kind of like hiding? Like where are you at as he's walking up? Um a picture because you said last time that they kind of had spotlights on us. Right? Yeah, he had turned his Think of it like he has high beams on his head. He's right. Like, was that directly at Baron or was that at me and Adelaide as well? Um, he was shining towards Baron, but he'd also like like spotted you two and then like kind of shown up right. to him as well. So you've been spotted prior. Right. So as soon as those lights would have turned on, Pinky would have ducked behind the closest thing. Not ducked. Again, tried to like fade like... Mm-hmm into the background, like, try and kind of get away, but not enough to make any noise, but like, you know, pretend okay. like she was a shrub <laughs> or something. <Yeah>. So, <laughs> just to kind of help build our our imagination of this building, again, you guys are kind of in a back alleyway, and this is kind of a larger, like, a state house. I kind of explained it, like, the... The house off of um, Pride and Prejudice, where the the girls are from. It's kind of like mm-hmm. a little larger stone mason house. Um, but this back end has have an area for a stable where horses can be. And that's what Baron is standing on right now. As well as, like, you're kind of in the middle of the house. So you have the stables there. But you could also try, like, get farther away by ducking around the corner. Um I just, I want to know exactly where you're going. Or you um, can because you can fly. Right. Um, I mean, what's, what's closer to Pinky? Stable door, jumping over a ledge to get into the stable, or the corner? The closest would be, like, jumping over the ledge to the stable. Okay, then Pinky would have probably tried to do that. All right. As of right now, you are hidden. Yes. So he will. Approach but he knows you. I'm there. So yes. He knows that you were around at some point. With yes. you kind of explaining y- yourself, um, Baron, he doesn't automatically kind of get defensive. Um, he will look at Adelaide and say. Um, state your reasoning for being out. Just me? Oh. Um, yeah. yeah. Just he, me? He, like, he'll, he'll walk up to you, but Baron's already kind of explained, I'm here delivering a package. He's wondering I, why. I am accompanying him. He can't see in the dark. So I wanted him to be safe. What was the uh, what was the delivery that needed to be delivered at such a late hour? 
Uh, it's it's a present. Mm. He doesn't sound like that. I, he doesn't go, ah. <laughs> I, I, like, I just oh, haven't... My days have been busy, and I just haven't had time during the day to, to get over um, over this way. And so I uh, I figured I'd make the trek during the night. And I, I was accompanied by several of my companions to help me as we traveled. As you know, it's a fair distance. Undergo Under code 7-50... One, I must accompany you to a place of residence. If Do you, you are you accompanying us back to, uh, where, uh, do you think that you could accompany us back to the training grounds, uh, just for safety? I mean, uh, they told us that we could go out, but I think that we may need to come back there just for safety. It is quite quite a bit darker now. Due to code 7-5059, no one from the training ground should be out of the premises at this time. Please state your reasoning for being gone. Oh, we're delivering present. We have permission to do so. And uh, we're going to get back now. Hopefully. You have written permission? I need to see your credentials. Of course, Baron, give him, give him your written permission. Uh, sorry. No written permission, just word of mouth. Due to what? insufficient evidence of written permission, I must ask you to come with me. Where are we going? We will be heading towards the training grounds as to acquire proof from them. Actually, wait, I'm going to scrap that whole idea. I have a different idea. Oh, <laughs> I just the the synapses are now firing. Um, Take a note before you do that. Pinky is steadily trying to move away to not be associated with them. <laughs> <laughs> Try to talk their way out of this, and Pinky doesn't think that's going to work. So <laughs> we will need to head to the closest guardhouse, which is located two streets down at the edge of the upper swells. There we will contact the training grounds and see if this permission has actually been granted. Though this is very highly irregular, and I assume it is not, we will check all facets before any due, due processing must occur. Please follow me. Turn to Baron and just be like, kind of half whispering, but just be like, Baron, on a scale of one to ten, how truthful is it that we're allowed to be away from the train grounds right now? Oh, uh, ten. Ten being very much true? Yeah. Why does it feel like there's something off? I don't know. Um, <clears throat> well... Is there any other way that we could just get back to the training grounds? Due to 57-49, the code um, is improper to bring anyone who is trespassing or in an area that they are not supposed to be in without written permission unless they are first <coughs> checked. Um, it, wait, wait, wait. I, 
Belljoy? Um, I have a question. Yeah. Am I allowed to use my actor's feet at this moment? Do I have that ability yet? You do. I will allow you to use your ability. Okay. I, uh... As, uh, as, as you were thinking that, I actually had the exact same thought, and hopefully we're on the same wavelength. Uh, I, I might have a, a magic scroll with uh, some words from... Um, oh, what is his name? Golly, I always forget his name. Dennis of the training grounds that allowed us to be out here. Let me let me reach into my bag. I will wait. And I will reach in and I will pull out the runaway scroll that I have in my little bag. Um and correct me if I'm wrong. But once, like, a scroll is, like, torn or something like that, the magic no longer works. Make an arcana check. Because depending on what the message is and depending on what it's used for, it may or may not affect that. 22. 22. I would say with a 22, you know that carrying it doesn't necessarily matter. What matters is destroying the um, runes or the arcane sigils that have been placed upon the paper is what matters more rather than just tearing it. So you think if you're able to tear it in a small enough piece, you could use it as a decoy. Okay. Like, my, my intention with this is essentially, like, I want to open the scroll, right? So, and then hope that, you know, but I don't want to say, run away! You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you have anything in your, on your person that could destroy writing? It is in ink. Uh, no, we went pretty light. <laughs> As far as um, as far as travels, I think I like I just brought my bag with like a book and just some of the the small things in it, and that was about it. I don't even have a weapon or anything on me, so I'd say probably not. Um, knowing this, does opening it just a little bit send off the message, or does it have to be fully unraveled? Um, with your role, you'd know that like. It is, like, to mostly open it, it would spell the message, but opening it just slightly um, will not trigger it. And basically, it has to show all the runes that have been circumscribed okay. onto the paper. I'm going to I'm gonna say, here, here's the message, and I'll, I'll kind of open it just, like, a little bit, right? Yeah. And <clears throat> I'm assuming <laughs> Pinky's gonna be like, oh, um, I know what to do. And she's going to use her actor's feet to sound like uh Dennis and say <clears throat> What is she gonna say? <clears throat> um I, Dennis, of the Vigil Training Grounds, hereby give 
sorry, names escaped me. Baron and his two companions leave to go and deliver a package to his sister. They are to return before sunrise. And if they are not, then they shall be punished. But if not, they shall have no punishment. <laughs> um, I'd like you to make a deception check. All right, here we go. Advantage. Because you are being able to say it in his voice. A deception? Yes. Where's my deception? Yes! Okay, that is a 24. Ooh. That's pretty good, but I rolled a 17 minus 2. Oh, shit! So you got it. Um, with that, <laughs> the, the basically this arcane computer that is running this um, shield guardian processes the voice of Dennis and say, is able to say authentication has been granted for you to leave the training grounds. Though you must return as soon as possible. Can you, uh, can you escort us? It would be my pleasure to serve. And he will start walking. I'll put the scroll back in my bag. <laughs> that was not my plan, but that yes, that works. Good job, Baron. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, then we'll just we'll walk with this little robot back, I guess. It's a really big robot, but the two of you are being sneaky. Is there? Is this? Are we being sneaky? Is this? I'm assuming this is a hushed conversation. So, robot. I mean, I guess he's already given us permission, but just in case, does, shouldn't shouldn't Adelaide need to make a insight check as well? Because that seemed legit to the robot. It might oh, sound legit you. to her. Oh, hey. <laughs> or would Adelaide know how the scrolls work? She's like, okay. <laughs> but she didn't see necessarily which scroll I had. I guess it's true. Um, okay, I rolled an 18. Not high enough. She rolled a 24 on her deception. So that means that as of right now, it sounded like that girl actually did have Dennis's voice give permission for what's going on. Well, I'm glad that you found written permission, Baron. That's a great thing. It slipped my mind, and I, I forgot that I had it in there, because it's not really written, you know? It's, right, it, yeah. you know. I, I was worried that this was sneaky, but... You no. Know, this, this is great. No, no, no fault. Well, thanks for assisting uh, Adelaide and Pinky. Yeah. Uh, really appreciate it. As you guys continue walking past, um, you head towards the main street of the Upper Swells, and as you keep going, it looks like he is planning on using the main road that heads back towards Mangrove, the one that you still traveled on. And so it kind of leads you more towards the lighthouse first, and then from there, it'll lead you towards 
mangrove. As you're going past, you notice some of these buildings. Most of them, like I said earlier, was residents. But as you get closer to the lighthouse itself, some actually turn out to be stores. You see a lot of them being have small shops, maybe a cobbler here, or just a general goods store. Um, though as you do pass, you do see one um, store that comes to your eye, especially. Baron, let me pull up its name because I want to get it right. Uh, you see a, a, what looks to be a pub uh, with kind of a sign in front that says two gnomes in a trench coat. I love that name. <laughs> uh, you, as it's kind of in like more like the central like circle square of the town right around um really close to the lighthouse this looks more like the uh area that most like how the stores that aren't necessarily part of the inside of the lighthouse are set up um as you continue on you see like there's bathhouse there's other stuff do you do anything as you're walking back towards um, the only thing that Baron would like to do is if we're close enough to the, the, the tavern, um, is there any, like, just bottle lying around or, like, any sort of marking of, like, this is the trench coat, you know, this is three, two gnomes in a trench coat, or three gnomes, whatever. Oh, was it three gnomes? I don't know. What, what did you say? Two gnomes? It was three two gnomes, gnomes in a trench coat. Make a investigation check as you're walking past while looking for something. Uh, 18. 18, wow. Yeah, so you would notice um, that the pub not only has room on the inside, but has a couple of what looks to be tables outside. One of them in Oh no! It's just that. Yes. I will be right back. Okay. While this is going on, I gotta go give Loki dinner. BRB. Okay. This is a good time for a break. Um, I guess we'll find out if they're gonna come back or not. I'm going on break. I'll be back in a couple minutes. Chase? Hey? You guys were muted. We couldn't hear any of that. Faith, we see you moving. Chase? Can you hear us? We can see you. Oh, now we can hear you. I could hear you guys perfectly fine. For some reason, it oh, yeah, it, it dipped out. For you, but anyway, what what? Yeah, you were saying tables or something. Yeah, so you see one of the tables that hasn't been cleared off um, prior to like night falling, and you assume maybe they didn't necessarily want to clean it up while it was still dark outside. You see what looks to be like a bottle that looks three fourths of the way drinking, 
uh, sitting on the table. So there's a little bit left. Uh, I'll snag that as we're walking past. I'd like you to do a slight of hand check. Ouch! Nice. Uh, 16. 16? Um, he's not necessarily watching, and his passive perception is only a 10, so you are good. He doesn't know, so you grab the booze. Um, though, I would assume both are you trying to hide this from Pinky and Adelaide as well? Yeah. So you both would notice him grab this bottle of booze off the table. As you look on the label of the booze, you see um, the label on it for the name. It says French Coat Gin. And you see like two gnomes like in a French coat, like, and they both look really drunk and they're both like got like bottles in their hands. Yeah. One's wearing kind of like what looks to be a hat and like the coat, and the other one's kind of like poking out, and he's like a thumbs up and one of the balls in his hand. Um, I'm gonna, as we're walking, um, I think I'm gonna just take a little, like, do a little sip, swig it around just to get like the kind of like the taste, and then spit it out and dump it around. And just keep the bottle. I'm not going to swallow any yet. Awesome. Alright. You guys eventually make your way back to the training grounds. Um, it's a far walk, but you are there. I would say you get there about 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning. So just before the light starts coming up. Since it was about 1 o'clock when you actually had that conversation with your sister. As you get to the door, the shield guardian will kind of try the handles of this large, ornate wooden door, and it's locked. And he'll turn to you and say, you have been escorted, but it seems that the door has been locked. Do you have any way of entering or contacting those inside to allow us to enter? Um, I, I think we do. Uh, this is far enough. Thank you. You're welcome. Please be careful. It is very dangerous, even on Osho at night. I would hate to see something happen to our vigils. And then he'll kind of stand up and he'll walk away. As he goes and walks back towards wherever post he was at. Is it is it locked for us as well? Like, if we try it? Yeah, it's locked. Um, Do you, as you remember, contact him? <laughs> as you remember, Dennis told you he would not be there waiting for you to get back. He's not going to help you get back in. That's up to you. Yeah. Um, mm. do, do we remember anything? Does Pinky remember anything in particular about getting in the first time? Was it just unlocked? that time, or was there a particular way to get in? You were allow allowed in by Kalefo and Dennis. Did um, they do anything to get the door open at the time? It was an arcane lock when you guys left 
um, that was sealing this door. Um, it seems like not necessarily because they're trying to imprison you, but they don't want you kind of freely moving about. So they, they use arcane means to keep the door kind of secure for the time being. Though arcane locks aren't necessarily always the most um, assured way of keeping people out or keeping people in either. So you do know, though, however, for you, Pinky, the top of the, ca- the uh, Coliseum is open to the end. So it would be very easy to just fly into. Okay. How how tall is the top of it? The sides up to the top would probably be a good rough guesstimate, 150 feet, maybe higher. So it's a quite a large building, if not 200 feet high. He's going to lean over to Baron and say, should I go see if, uh, oh, I just forgot his name. Dennis? If Dennis would be willing to let you guys in. Worth a shot. Uh, I just assumed that as long as we got back in time, then we'd be able to get in, but, uh. Yes, I was wrong. So, sounds like a, a good plan, Pinky. Okay. Pinky's going to fly over and try to find Dennis. All right, make an investigation check. All right. Well, that's happening. I also want to look around and see if there's anything, any other way that we could possibly get in like a window or something. That is a 12. 12, okay. Um. It's not as easy as you first was hoping, but it doesn't take you terribly long. It takes you about 15 minutes to locate Dennis's quarters. Um, while it's still kind of on that same level as everyone's bunk rooms, his seems to be kind of more on the farther end. Um, the door is shot. Uh, shot. <laughs> the door is shut. Uh, Pinky is going to softly knock on the door. Well, I don't know. She's gonna. She's probably actually gonna knock while she tries the handle. Yeah, you try the handle. It is locked. Um, okay. And you you knock. Um, you don't hear anything at first. I assume that you knock again. You can't hear something inside. Like move. You hear what sounds like maybe something fall on the floor. And then, I, like, oh, someone goes, ah, ah. And then it kind of walks towards the door. Um, and, uh, and unlocking the door opens a very groggy-looking Dennis. Um, his half-verbal features kind of looking almost uh, mm-hmm. early hour in the morning. As is, by this point, around... Uh, five o'clock or so. He's going to fly up to eye height, eye level, whatever. Um, and she's going to say, uh, we, we made it back in time. Can you uh, let the other two in, please? 
uh, he'll look at you and uh, kind of rub his eyes and says, oh, um, yeah, I didn't let anyone out. Uh, it's against rules to let anyone out of the training grounds uh, while they're in the training. He'll give you a wink and he'll kind of lean in and says, that's the other part of the challenge. It's, uh, finding your guys' way back in. Pinky's going to make a pouty face. He's going kind to growl at him. <laughs> She's going to kind of growl at him and, and fly back off to her friends. <laughs> yeah, well, before he goes, he'll say, you guys did a pretty good job getting back. I didn't think you'd get this far. Thank you. And like kind of yawn, and then uh, as you kind of fly off, he goes kind of meandering back into his room. Okay, well, Pinky's gonna fly back to her friends ASAP. Um, actually, would Pinky be able to deduce? Can dispel magic? I don't know. Okay, she is actually going to go uh, to David. What's your character's name? Alia. Alia. She's gonna fly to Alia and wake her up to see yeah, if she knows how to get in. Because <laughs> she's lived here all the time. The the dorm room, the the barracks, and you see all your comrades still kind of seeming sound asleep. Uh, this early in the morning. Um, most people don't wake up for another, like, 30 minutes or so. Okay. Piggy's gonna kind of pat the face of Aliyah. He's like, hey, Aliyah, uh, need your help. Did she throw that What? Piggy, where have you been? Don't worry about it. Um, uh, both Baron and, uh, uh Adelaide. Names are really not on my side today. Adelaide. Baron and Adelaide are kind of on the other side of the door than they're supposed to be. The gates, I mean. Uh, do you know a way in? What are they doing outside? Wait, what? I'll, I'll, I'll let them explain, but we gotta get them in in the next 30 minutes. Um, I'll make you cupcake. <laughs> what? <laughs> Question. Mm -hmm. The entry to the kitchen does that, or like, 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 where they would load like large amounts of food into, does that lead directly outside? Like the kitchen of the training grounds? Yeah. Yeah, it, there would be a loading dock tied to the the cafeteria area of the training grounds. Um, would would it like have access to the outside where um, Baron and Adelaide are? Um, make a history check. History check, huh? You caught me off guard. That is a nineteen. I don't know what I do with my dice. You're all pretty dang good tonight. With a 19, you 
remember in your youth when you'd come to the Coliseum, especially during the celebration of Arum, which is the summer solstice, the brightest time of the year, um, and also considered the safest time of the year, when the fairgrounds, the city of Mangrove really kind of comes alive. It does it with other festivals as well, but really that's when it shines. You remember um, helping uh, Girland do some of the cooking for the visiting vigils. And so you kind of think back and you were like, for some reason, I remember the code. It's 2741. I don't know where that comes from. But you're like, yeah, I, I, I know that. Okay. Yeah, probably from the year, the couple years that you helped him, ever since you were just a little girl, you you would be there with him, helping. And you're like, I, I, <laughs> I know it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, go have him meet me by the the loading dock for the kitchens. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> She's gonna. Zip off to to tell Baron and and Adelaide. Yeah, um, I'm assuming you get there. You let him know where to meet, and eventually, just ten minutes later, um, as Baron, Adelaide, and Pinky are kind of standing outside of the loading docks, where you can see they bring the carriages, they back them up, and they uh, give a ample space for those who have brought food and other supplies for the train grounds in. You see have the wooden doors on this side, the barn doors that also contain some sort of sigil. Um, kind of fuzz out for a second as they open up and you see, see Elias standing on the other side. Going to... You know that excited shake that you do? <laughs> she's gonna like do that with her hands, like, oh, yes! And she's gonna go inside, she's gonna give Aliyah a big hug. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you! Yeah, I'm sure your mom, Aliyah still has like a pen and like looks disheveled. <laughs> what? What were you guys doing outside? I told you that Baron was gonna explain, and Pinky's gonna run back to her to the barricades. She's gonna try and catch a couple minutes of shut eye. <laughs> yeah, those who were out all night. Just so you know, it's going to be a rough day this next day. You're going to be some tired, tired people. I'm assuming we'd take a level of exhaustion if we end up playing out the level or playing out the next day. You would. You would have a level of exhaustion, but we will just say that that's because, like, the way it affects is you. It's the roughest day of your training. It's right. awful. But that's uh, jumping the gun a little bit. Elias <clears throat> asked you a question. Uh, as uh, as Elias right there, I'll kind of push past her and just, uh, thanks. Uh, it was just getting too cramped in here, you know? Needed need some fresh air. I don't... Why would that be worth getting expelled from the Vigils program? Ah, they probably wouldn't expel us. 
Yeah, they would. Yeah, I don't know what Adelaide's response is. Adelaide's staring daggers at Baron, just so everyone knows. Uh, yeah, no, it's like super against the rules to go out. I mean, maybe against the rules, but you really think that we're the first people to do this? Um, and stay in the vigils? Probably, yeah. Nah, I, I bet if you were to ask people, you'd you'd be more surprised at who's gone out. Um, I grew up here. Just saying, there's lots of things that if you don't know what you're asking for, people won't tell you. Does Dennis and uh, do they know you were out? Not really, no. Well, I guess just keep this in mind that if you do it again, I won't bail you out this time. She turns yeah, away. I don't, I don't and Eli would just turn away and start walking back to the room to get ready for the day. Keep this in mind as well. It may be quite difficult for you to get any favors from me in the future. And she's also going to turn and go get ready for the day. <laughs> As you all go about your day, you can finish up. The weeks turn into months as you continue rolling. Baron, you are trained by Kavek as well. Um, we're not going to go into too many details um, about your training. I just want, I just wanted to add that that next day, at some point, I would have found Kaletho and tossed her the bottle. Um, you toss her the bottle, and she kind of looks down and looks back at you. And she kind of gives you like the stare of like, not necessarily annoyance. Not under your watch, right? And then I'll give, I'll, I'll just say like, not under your watch, right? And then just. In some ways, she looks almost impressed that you, you were willing to have the gall and the uh, I don't know, I'm not going to say the what I'm actually thinking, but the, yeah, to do that. <laughs> um, she doesn't seem mad. In some ways, a little bit impressed, but not like, I want you to do that again. Like, wow, you're really dumb, yeah. but you also did it. So there you go. That was it. That's all I wanted to add add that Thinky will follow up on her promise to give um, Aliyah a cupcake, and she will give one to Adelaide as well. <laughs> Cupcakes are shared. Memories are made. <clears throat> well? Yeah, she'll give you a cupcake too. <clears throat> the time passed. Baron was trained in the medicine arts. Seeing that he... Uh, doesn't necessarily have a way to heal people. And though he doesn't know magic, um, to give him something a little bit more able to do on the battlefield, 
the Rex shows him how to heal. After three months, the day comes that you guys have finished your training. Um, it's all kind of coming together. Um, and you wake up the more in the morning, all done. And I'd like everyone to just kind of do a, just a, either tell me how you feel like you would have felt during this um, whole training experience because it wasn't necessarily easy this is like think on the levels of like basic training in the military style thing like this is like going hard for most of the time kind of things like how do you feel like this affected your characters yeah i could start so i think for moss um Something just like generally speaking that everyone else would have noticed and sort of how Moss felt throughout this training is that there was a sense of like, like during the training, um, going through the activities, there was always a sense of just like disappointment or just like sort of reflection on um, as Moss sometimes wasn't able to perform the physical activities or go as quick as others. Um, always a sense of just like, uh, like I've gotten old. Um... But also, something that you pro that everyone would have noticed is that, like, Moss also, like, if things don't go right, or, like, as the longer time went on, like, there'd be almost a little bit of, like, anxiety. And so Moss sort of, like, got through the training, but was glad to finally get done with the training. Mm -hmm. Nice, thank you. Um, um oh, would you be willing to go next? Oh, oh. A bowl. Um, not gonna finish it, so no. Oh, bowl. Nope. <laughs> no copyright. Kind of. I feel like after Opal's experience, she would have been um kind of more reserved and dazed. So I feel like with the intensity of training, actually would have helped her feel better about her situation as. Being able to train harder made her feel like I'm achieving my, what I'm, and progressing towards what I'm supposed to do. I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do and just giving it her all and working kind of a little too much. So she's probably overexerting herself. So unfortunately being more reserved from the party in that case as being earlier to bed, being quicker to eat food just more day-to-day -day things she do on her own, just focusing on I have to get stronger, I have to be better, I have to be able to fulfill my oaths and all these things. So she kind of would have gotten self-absorbed with trying her best to not be self-absorbed based on the vision. So trying to be able to serve, but kind of getting lost in the sauce. Mm -hmm. Aliyah, would you go next? Yeah, um, I think Aliyah probably would have gained a little bit more self-confidence in actually being a vigil and uh, learning um, 
to open up a little bit, I guess. Um, I don't know if at some point, um, or I imagine that's, that, no, maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, just that. She would have opened up a little bit more. She would have, you know, if people were to, she probably lost, um, a little bit of respect for Baron. Um, he might have gained it back, but I think it would have come out that uh, Adelaide didn't know that uh, they weren't allowed to be out. Um, and just the fact that it's like he's willing to sacrifice other people's for his own personal gain. Unless he, unless at some point, you know, he, Elias saw that he had changed that aspect or that quality. So. Darren, would you be willing to follow us up like that? <laughs> sure. Um. <clears throat> I think, uh, I'm trying to think. So I think, I think that you would notice that as we're training, like Baron's kind of feeling a little bit more in his element, like um, just doing day to day, doing like physical activities, and all, and like he's it, it. In a lot of ways, he probably makes it look kind of easy. Um, there's dog. Um, anyway, I, I think that in a lot of ways, like, maybe he still doesn't quite take this so seriously because to him, this is like, in some ways, this is almost easier for him nowadays because he's a little older, he's stronger than he ever used to be, you know what I mean? Like, this is kind of like a a cakewalk for him, I feel like, in some ways. Um, I feel like the the hard part is opening up, like, emotionally or, like, anything like that. So, like, yeah, like, it makes sense that Elias, like, you know, lost respect for Baron because, like, he's he is just kind of, like, more blunt and he he's more like that. Like, I think eventually he will have told you the real reason as to why we went out because, like, I I imagine Pinky would have blapped a little bit. I don't. Think he's <laughs> oh, probably. Yeah. So I think all that would have came out, and um, yeah, he probably would have gotten a little closer with everyone. But yeah, as far as training goes, I think he's still kind of like this is just a cakewalk for him, and it's uh, yeah. I think I don't know if he still quite takes it super seriously yet. Awesome. Next, Adelaide. We're talking about how... How the training has affected you over the last three months. So, Chase, this is this is a question. How well has Adelaide done in the training? Um, would you like to roll with that, or would you like to say how well she's done? 
Well, see, here's the thing, is if she's done really well, if she's excelled, then she's probably feeling very confident right now. So, I don't know, what do you think? Should I roll or? If you want to leave it up to chance, you can. If you don't, you can tell me how you think she's done. Like, if you feel like she would have done well during this, like, like a militaristic-esque style training, then... So I think, I think that, um, uh, oh, you <laughs> no, I'll just put my little hand. Um, I think that in the beginning, I think Adelaide would have really struggled with like, um, kind of the intensity of the training, not feeling like she really like knew a lot about combat or knew a lot about, um, you know, stuff like that. And so I think that she would have worked really, really hard um, and put in the extra hours to kind of get on top of it. Um, and I think that by the end of training, she would have probably excelled in everything that she put her effort into. So like um, she probably would have been very a lot more confident in combat, a lot more confident in um, like her skills as a cleric and magic she probably would have put the work in to learn a little bit more about the history of the vigils and like what she wanted um so yeah i think that she's leaving the training portion um feeling a lot more confident and and also i don't know probably have a better relationship with like the like the people that were training or instructing or mentoring us, yeah. Because that would be really important to her too. Is like being liked by them. <laughs> Can I ask a question real quick? Sure. Yeah. So this is this is just like I know from earlier, like in the training sessions, that Opal trained with Elias' mom. Yeah. How would that relationship have ended up? Ooh. Um. Opal talks about how she kind of put in the work and put her head down. I feel like your mom respects, especially someone like a someone who puts in hard work to get things done. Um, I think that, from what I would guess, Opal and your mom actually end like kind of the training in good terms, um, almost seeing as. Kind of like still like that authority figure, but you know, like in high school, when you have like a good, like a a good friend as a teacher, yeah, and stuff like that, oh, almost yeah. in that kind of relationship. Yeah, I was gonna say, like from Opal's perspective, she would have asked, like, "What can I do better? What things can I work on outside of the training grounds and stuff like that?" So that, yeah, yeah. I agree. And Elias' mom would have given you like many different resources, kind of helping you kind of see. Like, this is what she lives for, is to help people learn and train. And so to have a student that is wanting to learn um, was in some ways really exciting for her. Do you think, and this is meddling with Ian thoughts, do you think she would have had thoughts towards um, Alaya? Just like, I wonder how she's doing, stuff like that. Um. Mira, uh, oh, Elias' mom or Opal? Oh, uh, sorry, uh, Elias' mom as 
working with her so much, maybe he'd wonder, like, I wonder how she's doing, stuff like that. Yeah. You would definitely ask you. I think we, when we very first started um, with the the training, if you remember, like, we kind of did your little spotlight yep. um, before everyone else is in a different session. Yes. And she asked, like, how Aliyah was doing and she was really kind of concerned. Yeah. And so you'd notice from kind of her disposition, she really, really deeply cares about her daughter. And she she seems very scared of the idea of her daughter going out into the world to be a vigil, and, yeah. to be honest. So you think those emotions would remain the same? Um, as time goes on, yes. Okay. Um, going back to Adelaide, though. Adelaide, you do very exceptionally well. You are able to do connect. You realize that Kaletho, you get the feeling that she plays hard at the beginning, but then she actually isn't necessarily like that bad of a person. She just is a very forward, hard person to be with, but she really does in some ways. Like there seems like she really cares about people be, being good at being vigils. You almost get the sense that maybe she had once lost people, and that's why she works so hard. Um, the last up, it is Pinky to tell us how she did. Um, I think that through the entire thing, Pinky remains unwaveringly bright, like happy. She's happy to be there. She's always excited about things. All right, she gives it her all. Um, and then at night she just is out like a light. She just zonks like a little kid, right? They just play hard all day, and then they're just out. I, I imagine that's kind of what Pinky does. But, you know, she learns a lot of valuable skills, and I think that she is just kind of excited and energized because she's got all these new tricks now, and she's really excited to, to show the world what she can do. And she's <laughs> really yeah. proud of all her other uh, party members. And of course, bakes frequent party, <laughs> cupcake parties, makes friends with everybody, right? This is just, she's just having a good time. <laughs> I'm glad. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, a couple of other mentions. Um, Ren seems to be doing really, doing good. This is all like really new for him. So it's a lot of kind of a learning curve, but. As time goes on, he seems to kind of get a better feel for what's going on, even though sometimes it's a little like it's kind of like that cultural disconnect of not really necessarily coming from a big culture. Like things are a lot more smaller in his world. And so it's just uh, takes a little bit of that disconnect to kind of start smoothing out. Um, Pablo, he does exceptionally well. He, by the end of it, can now, instead of lifting one goat, he has finally reached the ability to lift two goats above his head. Though he can't hold it nearly as long. <clears throat> With that, really we are going to take our break, and we will start up next time with what's going to come next. Cool. So, be back on here in about 
10 minutes or so. We can jump back on and talk if you want to, guys. But uh, we'll start up again here about uh, 8.15. Celestia, I don't know. What other languages do you know? Um, can I say? I mean, or, I guess the languages you would have seen Alliant writing if you know them are Celestial, Common, Draconic, Dwarven, Elvish, Gnomish, and Halfling. Okay. So Three, you know. <laughs> three it's Common, but... No, three, but yeah. You recognize <clears throat> three languages. And, uh, you know, many people call it celestial, but among this group, I think I might start calling it sus-lestial. Why? Sus? Why you you, you think I'm sus, bro? (laughs) Because that's what they were trying to sneak around with their words. Mm. Mm. Anyways, I don't know if we're back yet, but Mm. I'll wait. If McKay comes back down and gives me a thumbs up, then I will know that we're back. Yep. I made this book. That's cool. Yeah, I made it. So pretty neat. Pretty neat. Pretty neat bowl. I made the soup. Oh, that's nice soup. It came out of a box. Nice. I like because I ate all of my other food. I turned the. Uh, well, you remember that chicken corn blue stuff I made? Yep. Oh, I, uh, something I need to talk with everyone about. Oh. Corn on blue. Can you do this real quick? Go for it. Um, just so you guys know, I'm going to be moving to nights, night work for my job. Um, I'm going to try to work it to where I can still do it on Thursday, and I'll just go in right after D&D. But our sessions might be a little bit shorter than they use, usually are. Not, not all the way until 10. Um, okay. I don't think that necessarily affects anything. And if anything, that helps kind of Kyle not have to worry about missing stuff out for his, his yeah. engagement. Hang him up on. Or me. Uh, unless you guys have a different day that you really, like, you really want to change it to. You can do whenever. We could. Uh, I could try to get one of those days to work as well. Uh, um, if we were going to move it to any day, um, the only one that I could think of that might be easier would be either Monday or Saturday, but those are kind of hard. Yeah, so Mondays are probably not the best days for me. And Saturdays are also not the best days for me. Yeah, yeah I couldn't do Saturdays. Yeah, Joy can't do Saturdays. I forgot. We'll just keep it on Thursdays, and I'll try to work my schedule around. So. Okay. okay. Um, one of the people has to come in later one of the days anyways. And so I might as well just sign up for that. And ask if I can do that, so I can keep coming at the time I'm uh, be able to stay here and then just leave for work right after we're done. Okay, sounds good. Anyways, back to chicken cordon bleu. Yeah. So, 
I turned that sauce that for the chicken cordon bleu into like a white sauce you put over noodles. Ooh. And I'm going to try it with mashed potatoes. Oh, interesting. Like but gravy, almost? Kind of, yeah. It would be like, a, it would be a thicker gravy, but yeah, it would be. So, you know, marinated chicken, ham. Sometimes if I'm feeling spicy bacon. Ooh. And in. I always enjoy when you're feeling spicy. I know, dude. Oh, guess what, Kyle? Oh, what? I'm going to be down in Cedar City next week on Thursday. Okay. Yay. You are, too. Oh, you're right. I am going to be. I forgot about that. (laughs) Hey, you guys have been on for like five minutes. Like, it takes Ah. me a second to press a button. Oh. I just didn't know. I was waiting for a thumbs up. But. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I got okay. the kid. So. Okay, okay. You're good. No worries. You're good. But yeah, so I'm going to be down in town. When, next what's week. How, wait, how long are you going to be down for? Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I can leave any time during that time. Thursday, my little sister graduates high school. Makes sense. At one. Um, so. Let's connect after this call. Also, here in like two weeks, Faith and I will be up north on Thursday night. And so for Joy... My brother's graduation. Yeah, for Faith's brother's graduation, which is like in the middle of the day. But we still want to play D&D here in like two weeks. So... For those that are going to be up north, would we like to do an in-person session? I think we could Joy? What? Can you not hear me? Now we, now we can. Okay, I said yes, please. Let's do it. Awesome. Yay. And I'll talk with Brandon once he gets back, and hopefully we can get him there as well. Oh, okay. I actually just... Anybody know how to use uh, Photoshop? Chase you know how to use Photoshop, Chase? Yeah. Brandon's. Brandon's better than I am, though. I want it to be as cheesy as possible. I'm going to get either you or Brandon um, some pictures of me and three of my coworkers. Um, <laughs> we're going to, or we want, and if you want us to pay, we'll pay you. We're willing to pay. Um, but we want to you to photoshop our faces over like a family of four like mom dad like little kid and a baby and we're gonna give it to a couple of our coworkers. <laughs> that's awesome that is so sweet so it's been a while since i've used photoshop so i'd have to like remember but i could do that i it's I literally that. like all you would have to do is just like copy and paste our faces over their like the other people's faces. So what would help the best is if you guys found a photo of a family that you want to use. I already then... have one. What? I already have one. You already have one. Now take everyone's photo in a pose that is like their head kind of in the same position and around the same lighting as the photo 
and that will make the Photoshop super easy. Maybe. Um, because we want this to be like a surprise, and it's more to be funny than anything. Like they have no idea. Um, it's just like every single time, like I talk to. Uh, um, oh, some of the people in this don't know. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yes. Yeah. There's okay. so two of us know. Two of us were like. We're gonna do this because we think it's funny. Because every single time we have a class or we have something, like we have something to go do, they're like, "Gosh, dang, dude, you're making your mom and dad disappointed. We're so disappointed in you." And so we're gonna give them uh, those two people who always say that they're like disappointed. We're gonna give them a, a <laughs> want to give them a Photoshop copy of <laughs> all of our faces on like a family portrait. I love that. Let <laughs> me. So just send me whatever photos you can get of their face. Yep. Because it doesn't matter then. And give me, like, tell me who you want the mom, dad, little kid, and baby to be. Okay. And then I'll do that. Okay, sweet. I appreciate it. We should get back to D&D, though. Yeah, yeah, let's get back to D&D. I like D&D. Okay. So coming, rolling it back. We just kind of talked about why you guys, like, how you guys characters are feeling finishing up your training um the morning comes that you guys wake up and are ready to be inducted fully as vigils um previously it's been explained to you that um each group is taken from the the train grounds and carted back towards the lighthouse and there they will be inducted as vigils again um, eventually, it's about fairly early, in, like not super early in the morning, around 10 o'clock, it's your group's turn. As you head towards the door leading outside, um, it be, have been a while since anyone's stepped outside of it, uh, you come out uh, and you're greeted by a lone carriage with a familiar face on top. Uh, kind of the potbelly um, sir with uh, the kind of the fancy driving suit, uh, the little hat. As you see, Spindly kind of hops down from the carriage and opens the door for you all. He says, wow, it's uh, good to see you back. Uh, I'm excited to give you the trip back towards the lighthouse. Uh, how was your training? It was good. I think we learned a lot. Too long. Took too much time. Yeah. I've heard that before. People just, you know, seem like they just want to get out there, you know? Sometimes it's important to do a little bit of training. It's it's it helps the the body. Oh wait. Uh, um anyways, um right this way as he kind of gestures toward the door. Oh, I would right. go first. Yeah, we, we go to the door. Okay. Um, I'm assuming everyone enters. Uh, as the door shuts, you guys are led back towards the um, lighthouse. Um, greeted by similar views as you have seen of the Oshtoan countryside. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's 
and somewhat serene. And it makes you almost feel, as you're looking out, having been here for so long, and yet not having been able to be a part of this, it kind of almost feels like a relief is taken off your shoulders, being able to see the outside world again. As you head towards the lighthouse, it ever-looming presence grows nearer and nearer, and it again baffles you by the size it has compared to everything else around. Standing at the probably the highest point of this outer ring of this crater, and being by far the tallest structure anywhere, you can see the faint yellow glow from the top kind of emanating, almost giving the perspective of two suns, in a sense. Two sources of light to this little land of the vigils. You are brought towards the um, town of um, Waterside. Passing by, you see little kids walking outside, and as they see your cart pass, some of them will run alongside, kind of laughing and giggling. Um, some of them having little toys as they, they try to keep up, and you see one, one of them has kind of tied, tucked underneath his belt, kind of a, a sword as he kind of runs by, and he, he's waving towards you, uh, towards the carriage. Um, Eventually, he's unable to keep up, and he stops and watches you all continue forward. Eventually, you roll up in front of the lighthouse itself. It's staggering size looming over you, almost feeling like you're at the edge. Not an edge, but you're at the bottom of the cliff looking up, though. As you get out, you notice... In the town square, it looks like people have gathered. People to congratulate you. Some familiar faces you you do see among the crowd. You notice, first off, Aliyah, your mother. They're fairly prominent up at the front, where most of the trainers look like they are. Um, though you see a lot of people that you also do recognize as being vigils who've worked for a while. It looks like... And as you know, this is something that's very common is new vigils kind of join in. Um, it's not uncommon for people to come out and welcome them to um, the start of their um, days as a vigil. You see Gerland as well. He, he's not standing too terribly far away from your, your mom, but um, more towards the, the lighthouse side. And um, you catch his face as kind of his giant orc stature kind of sets him apart very easily from the people that he's also standing around um, with his simple apron on and um, uh, blah, his uh, tunic and, and trousers. As he, he's kind of not necessarily needing to like stand on his tippy toes, but you can see he's kind of like trying to get a good look in front of everyone, and he, he uh, sees you, and then 
um, as he sees you kind of walk out of the the cart. He will clap someone on his shoulder and he kind of points and then seems to be talking to somebody. You all also notice um, what looks to be Olivia and Van Dyke kind of on the other side also watching. Um, not too far away from them, you see uh, Nigel seemingly to be healed, though looks a little bit less worse for wear. Looks like he's aged a little bit more than he did when he was given the role of being the antagonist in your trial. Um, looks like, though they were able to bring him back, he didn't necessarily come back all the way whole. As you can see that he has one crutch holding him up. Um, you see Draven standing kind of close to the door. It almost looks like they've kind of have it set up to where you're going to get lined up. And you see various other vigils. Other people have come out. And some people look like they are adventurers that have gear and equipment on them. And a lot of people look like they're normal laborers, normal people living normal lives that have also come to welcome you. As you all get out and you kind of line up in out of the the uh, the cart, Draven uh, will kind of quiet everyone down. That, that kind of people are kind of talking, milling. Some of them, as you kind of get out, kind of give some whoops, some qualers. He'll quiet the crowd and say, "Today we would like to." Welcome, Opal Delise, Ally Asha, Moss, <laughs> just Moss. Yeah. Baron Ravenfrost. <clears throat> Pinka Azalea. Adelaide Brightor. And Ren Ashdale to the vigils. With that, there's a a loud cheer that goes throughout the crowd. Um, not anything like crazy bolsterous. Um, after they quiet a little bit, Draven will say to the crowd, "With this, we would like to." Finish off your train by giving you your symbol. As he, um, you see kind of, a, looks like a younger man standing pretty close by, kind of walks up holding a box. He um, opens it up. You can see the younger man seems to be kind of shorter hair. Uh, well-groomed, wearing fairly nice clothes. He'll open up the box and you see what looks to be some sort of pendant in it. As you take a closer look, um, you can tell that these pendants are very similar to the one that um, 
you saw around the neck of Henry, Henry Van Dyke, um, where it's kind of the wire-ish, wire-ish design with an eye and the lighthouse involved inside of that. This so you all know, as you're kind of thinking about your characters, this can either be a necklace, it can be kind of like a, a lapel, a pin. Um, it can be something that you can put into your character's design however you want. It doesn't necessarily need to be a necklace. It is very functional in different ways. So however you would like to put this at, into your character's design, you can. If you just want to be a necklace, though, that is more than fine. So, just something to keep in thought. Real fast, how big is this design again? Um, it's about the size of like a half dollar. So okay. it's like for a necklace, it's kind of big and kind of big for a pin, but still like noticeable. Can they make it smaller? No. <laughs> so, with this, they have. Sorry. Draven, he'll say, with this, this will be your way of showing who you truly are, what you've achieved. And it'll be your way to transverse the portals that us as visuals use. Take very good care of it. If you ever find yourself in an emergency where you need to, it has the ability of being broken. And with this breaking, we can know that you have fallen into trouble. It's not automatic, and it doesn't necessarily tell us exactly what your situation is, where you're at, but it can also help us to know that you may need help. But mind you, this is your way of getting through portals. So only use that if it's of great necessity. This is bestowed to every vigil. It is what you will show people to let them know who you are and why you're out there. Be proud to wear it. Many people have worn it in service of Yavna. Many good people have died because of what this is trying to do the right thing. And many people still wear it in hopes that they can do something to help others. And I would like to award you all these. And in the designs, each one of them has kind of a centralized crystal as a part of it. I would like to ask you all, what color would you like the crystal to be? For your character. Blue opal. Blue for opal? Blue opal. Yeah. Pink. Uh, 
Pink for Pinky? Really? You sure? I, I don't know. <laughs> okay, we get a little bit more detail on this crystal. Like, how are, like, what's the color scheme we can go with, and why are we getting a color per crystal? Let me upload it into the living room uh, again, what kind of looks like. Because we're becoming Power Rangers and we need to pick our colors. I know. That's exactly. <laughs> um, it's not very big, the, the crystal itself. It's quite small, but it does set it apart from others. Okay. And I'm just giving you the choice. If you don't want to choose, I can choose for you. No, no, I, I want to pick. So this is like the blue that like Opal was saying. Mm, okay. I like it. Um, Tori has asked, or uh, Adelaide has asked that it be pearlescent. Okay. Yeah, it can be pearlescent. What is pearlescent for those that don't know colors? Have like a, a sparkly white. Like a pearl. Yeah. Pearlescent. Yeah. So, this is a DM call. So, Chase, need your opinion on this. Yeah. Can mine be black, but with a hint of green in it? Yeah. Think about, like, okay. You remember from the third Fast and the Furious movie? I've never the, seen the Fast and the Furious movies. Never mind. Me Basically, it, the Mustang in that that movie has like a super dark green where it looks black unless you see it in the right light and then you see it's green. That's kind of what I'm imagining. I don't know if that's uh, what you're thinking. I'm thinking more on like, I'm curious, like if the crystal, like it's actually black, but there's almost like someone injected in a, a vein of green. Veins of green? Yeah. What if it's like partial green, like half black, half green? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm fine with that. Dope. And I did say green, but it's not just going to be like green. It's going to be like a darkish green. I'll get the exact wording, the exact color shade in the color shade list to you. But Forest yeah. green. Forest <laughs> green. Yeah. Alive? Um, I'm gonna probably go with like a sunset orange. Sunset orange. As you, well, I'll say that in a second, Baron. I think you're the last one that's here tonight. Um, mine would probably. Ooh, I don't know. I don't know flavor-wise how this would work. But I almost wonder if it would be white, like just just white, similar to his grandpa's. But then also similar to his grandpa's, it turns purple. Wait, did you say similar to his grandpa? What I don't know if it would I don't know if it would do that. I don't know. Just thinking about like I think some, uh, let me describe as what happens. Because all of them start off 
just kind of like a clear crystal. Kind of like, you know, like the Star Wars Kyra crystal thing. They're, they're all clear, but once you touch them, that's when you actually get your color because it depends on your personality. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So as you all like take your thing, it changes. And for you, like you see it flash white for a second, but then fades to purple. Is that like how the thought process we're having? I, I think so, yeah. I like that. For you, though, Alaya, uh, something you notice about yours is it doesn't look pristine and new like the others. As you grab yours, um, Draven kind of points it out um, for you specifically. He says, uh, I was told to give you this one in particular. And as you pick it up, you can tell that the, the wiring is a little bit of a different color. It looks like a little bit older design. It looks to be the same one that your father used. He'll look at you and say, someone told me that you had to give up something during the trial. And I felt like we should make it right. She's not going to know what this is. She's just going to stare at it. As you turn it over in your hands, you look on the other side and you see engraved have along some of the wire behind the crystal is the phrase etin et amoria which is elvish saying knowledge brings light yeah just like staring at it that's all she's doing she's just lost in it they all change the colors that they are going to be changed into. The man holding his box, or holding the box, well, and as the crowd cheers, the man holding the box will kind of close and say, um, it's good to meet you. My name is Reginald, and I'm your handler. Um, would it be all right if I show you around now? As at that moment, the doors of the lighthouse open again. And you guys are welcomed in. Heck yeah. We made it, guys. I'm pretty Woo! sure Reginald's a bad guy. But we made it. <laughs> Reginald, who seems to be someone that has a lot of energy. That's uh, an insight. I'm inside checking this guy. Sure. Do an insight check. Oh. Oh, wow. This might actually... I'm just doing this for kicks and giggles, but this might be a high insight. Um, sorry, my screen disappeared for a second. 25? 25? Jeez. He looks like someone that has, just has a lot of energy. You don't think he's bad. Like, Gosh. he looks like, man, he probably would make a really good supervillain. But only as an actor, not an actual like person. Gosh dang it. Guys, I was hoping to like completely derail the campaign, find the big bad guy at the beginning and just stab him, but next time. Next time. <laughs> maybe maybe stab the next NPC I introduce. I think it'll be him. Oh, okay. <laughs> um as the doors open again, you are led into the the center of the lighthouse 
don't know if any of you really remember why I described it previously. Try again. But I will describe it again <laughs> as well. So, like I said, this building, this structure, circular in shape with a large winding staircase along one along the side that spirals up um, as it goes. Underneath the staircase is built all of the shops and housing for the vigils. Now that sa- may sound crazy, but this area, this place, it's massive, it's huge. And so this space underneath the, this large wide staircase can house buildings underneath it. Um, you can see as you're led around, Reginald will introduce you to um, the first thing, the first thing that's right underneath the, the stairs at the closest point where they touch the ground. Um, let me pull it up so that way I get the name right. Because I don't want to get it wrong, because that would be embarrassing. <laughs> what is it? Yeah, yeah. Buffering. Buffering. Oh, I don't hear the music anymore. Did we lose the music? We did. I had it the whole time because for me it's not good. But thanks for letting me know. I think whenever we go to break, I'll have to turn on the music afterwards. I must take it off. Could you just leave it on? I did, and it kicked it off. That's what I'm saying. He will lead you to the first area, and he'll introduce it as the dioptric envoy. Basically, he explains that this is where he will be stationed. Um, he will be here to have give you your missions. He'll give you a call, and as he um, presses um, what looks to be some sort of button on the other side of the panel, you see all the crystals on your vigil symbol light up. He mentions to you that this means that you're getting a, receiving a call asking you to be called to arms, basically. Um, in a case that that happens, you are to meet him down at the dioptric envoy. It basically kind of looks like, like you think of a an airplane hangar, or not hangar, but the, at an airport, how they have the kind of the kiosks they have to go up to get your ticket. Kind of looks like that. Um, he explains how this is where you will go and he will program your medallion, uh, your symbol, with the correct coordinate for you to travel from the lighthouse to wherever you're going. And then once you find another vigil's teleporter, you'll be able to come back um, with the same thing. He also explains that this is where he'll brief you on missions and things like that um, before you head out. Um, right across the way, he points towards the center of the room and he says that that is the dioptric ring. Dioptric comes from the word, um, from the lenses of a lighthouse. And that's why they use it for a lot of the different things. Dioptric ring is where the teleporters are housed. You will 
go there if you need to be teleported. As he walks around, next to that green stands the quartermasters, which houses the General Groot's store for vigils in their adventuring needs. It has a place for alchemy, magical items, um, and just all-purpose goods for adventuring. If you need anything, you can use the funds that you're given um, after you've ac accomplished missions and spend it there if you would like. Next up is the service room, which is also known as the the hospital of the the lighthouse. If you are ever injured out on the battlefield or anything like that, um, no matter how bad you are brought back to here, you can be healed. Um, like how we've been talking about how we're playing with the lingering effects rules, some of those effects can be pretty nasty. They have abilities to regenerate limbs and things like that. So, some of the things explained. Next up, um, as the lion knows, is the commons or the um, area where basically the mess hall for vigils who live at the. Uh... Yeah, Kyle? Sorry, I got to bounce. I'll see you guys. No, Bye, yeah. Next, so uh, the mess hall, which is basically all vigils who are on call, like you guys, anyone who doesn't have their own home, who live at the, the lighthouse, will go there, receive meals. There's a tavern there. There's other entertainment that we'll get into eventually. He just kind of briefly explains it. And above the... Um, area um, that all these kind of shops and places are on this first level of the lighthouse is called Key's Cabinet which is known as the quarters basically you look up and it looks like there's a many different apartments and as he explains that each one of these um, areas, these places lead to the housing or vigils who are on call like you are. And he explains that um, you've all been given a room basically as a team to share. So that way it's not too hard to find each other if you're on call for uh, a mission. That way you again have been given housing together. Go through this is all kind of really quick. And as he kind of explains it all, and it's a lot to take in eventually he after explaining it he says and i would show you more i'd even show you to your rooms usually but i uh i was given directive to actually send you all out today for an assignment uh is is there anything that you guys need to do for preparation before we go, or are you at a point where you could receive um, your first, uh, any cast kind of miles of this, your first mission? I'm ready. Awesome. Well, just so you know, to give you kind of the details, 
We are going to send you to Havnok, which is considered somewhat the capital city of Zehovic. Havnok is an ancient city. It's known as the City of Castles. Apparently, one of the districts there has one of the areas has been having some strange occurrences been going on and they've asked us to come on out um, if you guys go and figure out what's going on uh, hopefully deal with the situation and come back um, they've told us that with a, a job accomplished you will all receive 120 gold per completion of your uh, your task. Is that each? Each, yes. What about gold beforehand? Um, the way that the vigils work is, and it kind of like brings his hands is, while your housing and your food is provided for, for any other cash flow, it has to come from completion of your duties. And it kind of gives you a shrug. So um, you will receive the the payment for accomplishing this task once you've finished it. All right. Any other questions? Well, what are we waiting for? Not much. I guess we can... Uh, Go get your medallion set up, and then we can get you on the way. As you all head towards the uh, dioptic envoy again, he takes each of your medallions in turn um, and puts it kind of on this what looks to be this little pad. Um, it glows for just a second, a kind of a iridescent green color, and then he he'll hand it back to you. He says, "All right, now after you have this, go to IHAB in the dioptic ring, and he will get you sorted out with a portal." Thanks, Joe. Uh, you guys head over there. Yeah. Yes. As you're set up with a portal. Everything kind of gets that fuzzy feeling again as I have kind of turns it on and you feel yourself almost dematerialize. You open your eyes, you find yourself in a similar room that you all found yourself prior. A simple room containing some beds, very similar to the ones when you first made it to the vigils. Nothing very standing out. As you have pushed your way through the door, you see what looks to be kind of an older gentleman. One of his eyes kind of glazed over, almost with like a cataract. The other one kind of this hazel color as he kind of looks up and tell that his 
race looks to be some sort of elven, though it's kind of hard to tell um, what um, specific elvish he is. As he kind of looks up at you and it's like, ah, it looks like you're all here. Welcome to the uh, cities of castles. My name's Anthral. It's good to have you here. And that's Pinky, to meet you. She's gonna stick out her hand. <laughs> um, and with that, like, as you kind of look over from the the main entrance, where you look outside, and you literally see the landscape through this window it looks to be castle built on top of castle of winding streets, narrow alleyways, different fortifications built together in almost a miasma maze of medieval architecture. And that's where we're going to leave it. Ooh, snap. Alright. Very good. We, we go shut it off next week. Next week we have off. But we'll be back in two weeks. Cool. Nice. Dungeon. 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 Dungeon house. Dungeon house. Dungeon house. <laughs>